Welcome to EANCAST, your weekly source for education, research, and updates from the European Academy of Neurology. Hello and welcome. My name is David Oliver. I'm a retired consultant in palliative medicine from the UK, an honorary professor at the University of Kent. And I also have the privilege of being a member of the management group for the specialty panel on palliative care. Today, we're very pleased to welcome Alexandra Solari, who is head of the Neuroepidemiology Unit at the Fondazione IRCCS Instituto Neurologico Carlo Besta in Milan. She is very experienced in the care of, uh, of palliative care of people with neurology, particularly in MS, and she is the coordinator of the Bioethics and Palliative Care Study Group of the Italian Society of Neurology and serves on the Scientific Committee of the Italian Association of Palliative Care and has been widely involved in MS care, particularly looking at the validation of outcome measures and how we help patients and families make complex decisions. Welcome, Alexandra. We're very pleased you're here. Um, I wonder if you could start in saying a little bit about the role that you feel palliative care has in the care of people with MS. Uh, well, um, multiple sclerosis is a, a complex uh, disease. People with uh, this uh, condition, have their diagnosis were usually between uh, the age of 20 40 years and they have a long trajectory so this is a, a chronic condition uh, in which uh, disease modifying drugs uh, which are available from over 20 years uh, have changed the prognosis of the condition at the same time about one quarter of uh, the ms sufferers have a progressive course and uh, particularly in this phase of uh, the disease, their needs increase. And uh, so palliative care is important in different ways since uh, the uh, disclosure of diagnosis and up to the advanced phases of the, of the, of the disorder. In the earliest phases, it is important that uh, the neurologist and, uh, in general, the MS team uh, has palliative care competencies to respond to the biopsychosocial needs of the patients and their families in terms of coping with the disease, accepting the diagnosis, being empowered in the managing their condition. Along the trajectory of the disorders, these needs change. And uh, uh, there are different uh, um, symptoms that can appear and the disability increases. And particularly, as I said, in the progressive phase of the disease, when there is a steady uh, disability, uh, these patients have uh, um, many symptoms uh, which can be managed by a palliative care approach or 
having a palliative care team who take care of the patients and the families. So there are different ways in which palliative care uh, and palliative medicine can interact with the neurologists taking care of the patients and improving uh, the quality of life of the patients and the families. Thank you. I know we've talked before about the palliative care providing care within physical symptoms, within psychosocial and even with spiritual existential issues. Do you think there are particular issues for people with MS? Thank you. Well, um, as I said before, uh, one characteristic of the disorder uh, is the long disease trajectory. So patients um, usually receive their diagnosis uh, when they are young and they have the disease, which is a chronic condition for many and many years, for decades. And this is one feature that uh, is typical for this condition. So life uh, survival is uh, only partially affected by the disorder. And uh, uh, as I said, the use of disease-modifying drugs has further improved the prognosis of the, of the condition. Another characteristic is that cognitive and communication problems can appear during uh, the course of the disease. And uh, this is important as it can be difficult to share with the patients uh, their values and priorities along uh, the, the disorder and to understand how the goals are, of care can change. And another characteristic is unpredictability. So there are a variety of symptoms that can appear in varied, in varied combination, and also uh, the prognosis can be varied in different patients. Uh, so there is this uncertainty, and sharing uh, uh, this uncertainty can be difficult also uh, from physician point of view. So in my opinion, it can be very important to discuss and to share with the patients the goals of care uh, from the beginning and to um, be open uh, to understand what are the priorities of the patients and also his or her concern and to manage advanced care planning uh, discussions as soon as possible when indicated. So to recognize cues that come from the patients and to stay in these uh, discussions from a health provider uh, position. Thank you for that. I think it's difficult sometimes to talk about the future for people who are feeling reasonably well uh, and perhaps not having too many symptoms or issues, but we know that there may be problems in the future. Have you got any tips on how we can have those, start those discussions? Well, um, I've almost learned from palliative uh, care physicians and from palliative health professionals, but, and in general, uh, adopting a shared decision-making approach, which means listening to the patient, uh, discussing what are their concerns and uh, trying to stay 
in these uh, conversations. I remember uh, from a focus group meeting that we had with uh, uh, MS patients, uh, a woman here in Milan who expressed her desire to share her um, concerns about uh, hastening uh, her life with uh, her caring uh, neurologist because uh, these discussions were difficult to have with her husband, for example, who answered her, but these are kinds of arguments I don't want to discuss about what are you talking about. So I think that we as uh, health professionals must be able to recognize the, these needs and as I said, stay in these conversations. Thank you very much. We are very lucky that we have an EAN guideline on palliative care for people with advanced MS. And I know you were the main lead on this guideline. I wonder if you could give a few of the highlights of the guideline for people who may not be familiar with it. Uh, yes, thank you um, for this for your this question. This guideline that is a joint initiative of the EN and the EAPC, and uh, this is quite important, I think, uh, as it was published uh, in both journals in the journals of both associate societies. It was published in 2020, so uh, three years ago. So the, the guideline includes. 34 recommendations and seven good practice statements uh, as it was uh, conducted as for all EAN guidelines according to the grade uh, uh, guideline. And uh, it is important that we, uh, at the time it, uh, the guideline was produced, there were studies, uh, randomized control trials on the efficacy of palliative care in people with MS, the, uh, particularly home-based interventions. So one recommendation states that the importance of offering this intervention to people with MS, there, is, there was also a good practice statement on inpatient or outpatient palliative care interventions as this uh, statement was not based on any evidence that in fact there were no trials on in or outpatient palliative care interventions. And 29 of uh, the recommendations deal with symptoms management, which is quite important. And uh, um, there were also quite important indications for research and this is one of the scope of a, a, a guideline. For example, we found that areas lacking of evidence were on advanced care planning. And in fact, an intervention that is currently ongoing in Italy uh, originated from this, uh, directed from uh, this finding. We also found that many symptoms the uh, interventions for the managing of many symptoms, such as fatigue or mood symptoms, uh, are not uh, based on direct evidence uh, in these patient populations. So uh, many are based on indirect um, evidence. This was not the case only for uh, spasticity, uh, where we were able to produce a strong recommendation. 
And also, we found that interventions targeting caregivers and health provi providers are lacking as well. So all these uh, uh, points, I, I think that are important also to plan further research and uh, in this uh, in this important uh, field. Thank you. The guideline is available um, at the European Journal of Neurology, I think, and also on the website. Um, so do look at the guideline if you haven't seen it. It, it is very helpful. Do you think in the two to three years now since the guideline has come out that it it is starting to make a, a change in care? Uh, well, this is uh, quite a, an, an important point. What I can say for sure is that the evidence about uh, the efficacy of palliative care interventions in this population have further increased increased so this is quite important i would also like to mention a randomized control trial that was published just when we finished our review of the literature but which is quite important it was conducted in the uk and it was about using a standing frame uh, for people with severely affected and it is quite an easy to adopt interventions in uh, as it can involve caregivers and it is important that people who are not able to walk anyway can have this standing uh, activity every day so uh, there are many areas and many studies which have been published as i said since uh, we published our uh, guideline so maybe we need to um, update uh, it and maybe there are also uh, studies uh, which have uh, been inspired by some uh, um, results uh, as i said about uh, the unmet research needs that were found uh, from this guideline thank you and i know you said there was further research into advanced care planning uh, I don't, don't know whether you can just share a few of the highlights that have come out from that research. Well, we are just conducting um, an, uh, an advanced care plan study, which, which is named uh, CONCURE uh, SM, so with care if I have to translate uh, in, in English. This is a multi-center Italian feasibility trial and the intervention consists of a training uh, program for neurologists uh, as for the Italian law, neurologists are those appointed to have advanced care plans with their patients. And uh, also we have um, involved the MS teams in this uh, training and the use of a booklet um, during the advanced care plan conversation. Um, this booklet was um, uh, modified from a booklet which was developed in New Zealand. And uh, we are next month we will close a recruitment in this uh, feasibility trial and we'll see uh, what will be the results of this, uh, this study. Thank you. I think it's quite 
an interesting way of trying to get these discussions um, started and seeing if we can encourage patients and families and professionals to start thinking a little bit ahead when we know that they may in the future have cognitive change and not be able to make decisions themselves. Uh, I think that's a real challenge for everyone, for patients and families and the professionals. And thinking finally, we have a a group of neurologists listening, I hope, who, who are involved in the care of people with MS. So what do you think the most important message about palliative care would be for a neurologist who's looking after someone with multiple sclerosis? Well, the main message, I think, is uh, that uh, um, palliative care is not uh, end-of-life care. So it is important that we consider palliative care in our approach to our patients since diagnosis disclosure in different ways, of course, uh, which means uh, to have uh, a sort um, a transfer of competencies, which means... Uh, learning from palliative care physicians and health professionals and also the reverse. I think that many palliative care uh, professionals can improve their skills by learning from neurologists and uh, other health professionals who are involved in the care of MS patients. I think that comes over in the guidelines as well, the need to collaborate, work together, share experiences, share knowledge. Uh, And I think that's an important area. I know we've talked within the AN of how we help neurologists learn more about palliative care, but there is also a need for palliative care teams and specialists to learn about neurology so that they know their limitations and can come back and collaborate with a neurologist if they're new problems, which they may not be so familiar with. So I think that's a, a big area of collaboration. I think that thank you so much for talking about MS. It's been important that we, we see the role for palliative care throughout the disease progression. And I think that's a challenge sometimes for neurologists and patients and families. Have you had experience of of people seeing palliative care positively and sometimes negatively when it's discussed earlier on in the disease? Well, in general, I had positive experiences on this regard. I think that a a, a problem is that maybe we as uh, uh, clinicians have some difficulty in considering uh, this aspect of uh, uh, and this approach but what what can be difficult to patients is to consider for example end of life discussions during uh, advanced care planning conversations this can be a little bit a challenge um, so we have to be prepared to to have these conversations. And I think that we have to learn uh, from uh, palliative care professionals how to conduct these uh, conversations at best. So I think that that it is more a problem of, uh, uh, of clinicians than of patients and their families.
at the end. I think we bring our own prop issues when we are discussing things with patients and we need to be aware that there are some issues we need to discuss and patients often want to discuss, I think, and if we are open, they're only too happy to discuss those um, issues about what is going to happen in the future, how they are going to be, what they may have to face, how they are going to cope, and even what is going to happen at the end of life. But often people want to talk about the, the next stage or two and then perhaps talk a little bit more about things in more greater depth talk about end of life later on in the disease progression. Thank you very much indeed for listening today. I hope you've gained more about palliative care and the care of people with MS. The guidelines are available for you and there are other activities and information available on the specialty panel on palliative care section of the website. So do look at those and we look forward perhaps to welcome you to the other podcasts on palliative care through this month. And there is also going to be a webinar later on this month as well. So thank you very much indeed for listening. This has been EANcast Weekly Neurology. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcatcher for weekly updates from the European Academy of Neurology. You can also listen to this and all of our previous episodes on the EAN campus to gain points and become an EAN expert in any of our 29 neurological specialties. Simply become an EAN individual member to gain access. For more information, visit eanorg membership. That's ean.org/membership. Thanks for listening. EANcast Weekly Neurology is your unbiased and independent source for educational and research-related neurological content. Although all content is provided by experts in their field, it should not be considered official medical advice.